hey, good morning, church. So good to have every one of you here with us. I want to say welcome out to our Stone Canyon and Verdigris campus, everybody that's online, and especially anybody that's first-time guest, so glad to have you here with us, all right? Hey, uh, just real quick before we jump into the message, uh, today our senior high students are taking off to camp, so I think we have somewhere around 40-ish uh, taking off, so uh, uh, they'll be taking off uh, just right after noon, 12.30 or so. Anyway, hey, they're going to be at Camp Sayokum all week. Um, Sayokumo. I just kind of ran that off there and didn't really sound right. But anyway, uh, Christian Youth of Kansas, Arkansas, Missouri, and Oklahoma. If you've ever wanted to know what Sayokumo stands for, there you go. Um, or catch your own kangaroo and milk one. That's another saying we say. But anyway... Um, Hey, um, here's, what I, here's why I bring that up to you. Please be praying for our students, all right? Be praying for all of our senior hires. Be praying for uh, our team, our leaders that are going to be uh, leading them and being there a part of that. So uh, just be praying for, for them to have an incredible week and for God to do great things in their lives, okay? I, uh, I totally believe in camps and, and uh, Camps Hokomo and what, uh, what God does through that camp. It changed my life. I went there as a kid, so... Um, it's been a long, been there a long time. Anyway, hey, um, so let's jump into the message. We've been going through the Sermon on the Mount in this series that we've called Inspired. We're going to be over in Matthew chapter 6 if you want to get there. We'll be there here in just a second. Just a little bit of a reminder about where uh, we're at context-wise. Jesus is really kind of starting his ministry. He is on the side of a mountain, and uh, his disciples are around him here. And beyond them is a crowd of people that's gathered around. They've, they've been seeing him healing. They've been hearing the stories. They've They've gathered, and now he has an opportunity. Jesus is launching out his ministry, and he has an opportunity now to tell them, hey, if you're going to follow me, this is what your life is going to look like, all right? And it's going to be different. All right, he says, hey, followers of me have a different kind of life because you're a part of a different kind of a kingdom, and I'm a different kind of a king that you're going to follow. And then he goes into a whole uh, list of ways that our lives to, is to be different, and we're going to make a difference. He talked about salt and light. We're going to be the salt and light of the world. We're going to make a difference as we illuminate the world. We're going to spice up the world. We're going to make a difference. And then all the ways, he begins uh, to, to give, give a list of a lot of different ways that we're going to be different. The way we handle anger is going to be different. The way we handle sexual purity is going to be different. The way that, we're, uh, that we uh, conduct ourselves in marriage is going to be different. We're going to be a people of integrity. The way we worship, everything is to be different in the life of a follower of Jesus. And today he continues on in that course of helping us to see that we're to be different. And today specifically, we're different in what we believe is really important in this life, and in this world. What's important to you? When you look at your life, when you think about the things of this world and the things in your life, what is it that is just that? That is the one thing that is so important to you. It's what you are all about. What is that thing that's so important to you? So we're going to be talking about greed and worry. Now some of you right there, I just, you just, well, I'm done. This isn't me. I'm not greedy. I don't worry. I'm chill. I don't have to worry about Hold on. I think this is a message for every one of you. Let me, uh, every one of us, me included, let me ask you uh, this. It's a simple question. Are you greedy? See, greed is not something that, you know, we just wear as a sign on, you know, like, yep, I'm greedy. You know, we don't go around and say, yeah, I'm greedy. Yeah, I struggle. I'm, I'm greedy. You know, we, we just don't, we don't, 
We don't want to admit it. Matter of fact, we can't even hardly uh, uh, recognize in our own lives sometimes. And it's not even something that somebody else will look at our lives and really say, hey, I think you're, you're greedy. I mean, sometimes they might see that, but sometimes it's kind of indistinguishable. We don't see it. Let me ask you this question. Um, this was a survey that was done back in 1991. A book was written about it, and here was the question they asked a, a lot of people across America. What would you do with $10 million? Actually, that wasn't the question. The question was, what would you do for $10 million? We love the question, what would you do with $10 million, don't we? Well, man, I would do this, I would do that, I'd go buy this, I'd go here, go there. But, you know, but what would you do for $10 million? Oh, I don't know what I would do for $10 million. I mean, that's a lot of money. I mean, that would change a lot of things. Well, on the survey, here's some of the, the responses they got. 25% of the people that uh, asked that question uh, said this. They would abandon their entire family. <laughs> yeah, isn't that crazy? One-fourth of the people said, hey, see ya. <laughs> love you, honey. Love you, kids. Love you, mom and dad. I'm out of here. Give me the check. <laughs> you know, crazy. Uh, 25% said they would abandon their church. All right, well, see ya. You know, kind of surprised it was that low, actually. Anyway, um, get this one. 23% of the people said that they would become a prostitute for a week. Yeah. Crazy. 16% said they'd give up their American citizenship. 10% said they would withhold testimony and let a murderer go free. 10%. $10 million. 7% said they would kill a stranger. Wow. 3% said they would put their children up for adoption. Some of you said it wouldn't take $10 million to do that. Really? Come on. Really? Uh, $10 million. Uh, what's your prize? What's your prize? Now, it's easiest for us to listen to that and go, oh my gosh, I can't believe people would do that, you know. But I kind of wonder how many things have we done for so much less? All right. In our culture, in, in this place that we live in America, greed is, uh, is rampant. It's everywhere. We see it. We live in it. And many of us struggle with greed, right? Uh, because in our culture, we don't even really see greed as a big deal. Matter of fact, often we celebrate it. It's like, wow, look at this person, what they've acquired, what they've got, what they've been able to build, this empire. We really celebrate it at times. And so we don't see it as a big deal. When we talk about lust and adultery a couple of weeks ago, I mean, we came up with safeguards and all these different ways that we're going to be able to, to stay no to these things and everything. But when it comes to greed, what's our safeguard? What do we do? What, we don't even talk about it. It's kind of like, oh, yeah, it's okay. It's just kind of who we are. It's our nation. It's the way we deal with things. The Bible talks a lot about greed. Matter of fact, Paul, talking to young Timothy over in 1 Timothy chapter 6, he, uh, I'm sorry, yeah, chapter 6, he, uh, he's kind of giving him some warnings. Okay, Timothy, get, get ready, you're going to be facing some things. And, and the word that he gives him is, hey, be content. Be content. Hey, make sure you have everything, you, the, the things that you need, but just be, just be content with those things. And you come down to verse 10, one of the most uh, misquoted uh, uh, verses in the Bible probably is, for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evils. 
It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pains. The love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. It's not money is the root of all evil. That's the way a lot of people want to read that and, and you hear that. But no, it says the love of it, that craving, that man, I, I want more, I want more, more, more. And, and, and isn't that what our society says? More, more, bigger, bigger, better, better. You know, and that's what Paul's telling young Timothy. Hey, watch out for the love of money. Have you ever seen somebody... Somebody's life destroyed because of that, because of the love for money. And they make a bad investment in some quick, get-rich-quick scheme and, and uh, lose it all, or, or they get uh, wrapped into, sucked into the world of, of gambling, and, and before they know it, uh, their entire world is upside down, and they have nothing left but debt. And bankruptcy. We've counseled a number of uh, couples and people here who've gone through that very thing, and their life was destroyed because they thought that might be the way they could find satisfaction and and find the money that they were looking for. Now, don't just write this off again. Don't just sit here and say, "Well, I'm not greedy. That's not me." We're all susceptible to it well you know i'm not like john over there i mean have you seen his house have you seen the car he drives that's not me i don't make enough money to be greedy really how much money do you have to make to be greedy not much really none i i I want us to do something real quick a little activity once you get out your wallet just get it out yeah this is one of those oh great he's gonna do his little activity. Okay, get it out. Hold it out. Maybe it's in your purse. Get it out of your pocket. Just get it out. I want you to hold it up. Just like me. All right, got my wallet right here. Just hold it up. Let's, let's pretend like this represents our treasure. All right, this little wallet what represents our treasure. And, uh, you know, you look inside. I mean, I've got my, uh, I got my credit card. All right, by the way, my balance just got bust, boosted up a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I'm awesome. Not really. Anyway, I'm excited about that. I uh, got my debit card, all right? That's my bank account. Man, I got to keep money in there so that I can uh, uh, pay, pay for all the things that I need and a lot of things that I want, all right? I uh, got my license, of course. That's my identity. Yeah, maybe you've got your, uh, your health care card, all right? That represents, that's important, right? That's part of our treasure. Is our, is, you know, we want to have that security, right? Um, I got my health club card in there. So there it is, yep. Health club card because I want to go work out. I mean, that's part of who I am. Mean, I want to work out. I want to be healthy, part of that thing. So, um, and then mine actually has my phone in my wallet because I'm cool like that. And man, doesn't that represent our treasure? I mean, how much time do you spend on, on your phone? You know, worshiping my phone. You know, we do that, all right? So this is kind of our treasure. Okay, hold them up there. Come on, all campuses. I see you out there at Stone Canyon. All right. Um, now, here's what we're going to do in activity. Here in just a second, I'm going to have you do this. Or I'm going to have you take your wallet. Some of you are already pulling them down here. Put them back up. I'm going to ta- have you take your wallet, your treasure. I'm going to have you hand it to the person behind you. Okay? Now, not right now. Not yet. Not yet. Some of you, not, but here in a minute, we're gonna, I'm going to have you hand it to the person behind you. And then we're going to take an offering. All right? All right? What? What's the all right, all right. Uh, we're not going to do that. You can put them down, all right? Put them down. 
All right. Now, when we, <laughs> now, if we're talking up an offering, you know, and you had somebody else's money, I mean, that'd be like, <laughs> woohoo, yeah, let's give it all. It's easy when you're giving away somebody else's money, right? Right? Is it your money? Is, it, is, is everything I got mine? No. It's all God's. We all have a treasure. Jesus begins to address our treasure. What is it that we're all about? Because here's the deal. What we're all about is what we worry about. Did you hear that? What I am all about is what I worry about. Say that with me. What I'm all about is what I worry about, right? Man, if that's all I get wrapped up in, that's what I spend my time and I'm consumed by. Man, if there's a chance that that could go away, if there's a chance that that could get hurt, that there's a chance somebody could take it. Oh, and I worry. If I'm consumed by that, and I worry about it. So Jesus begins to address that. And really he begins to address it in, in Matthew chapter 6 over, and it starts in verse 19. He, he begins to give us an investment seminar. All right? How to invest. Ever been to one of those? Jesus's is a little bit different than most of the ones you've probably been to. And the first thing he t- begins to talk about is where to invest. Where to invest. Uh, you know, people who want to talk to you about investing your money, they've got all kinds of uh, uh, places for you to invest your money into. Uh, you know, CDs, which are terrible right now, uh, savings account, of course, uh, uh, stock market, IRA, Roth IRA, you know, all, just keep on going. There's, there's lots of opportunities and places to invest your money into. Well, Jesus here says, hey, let me give you an idea of where to invest your treasure and where not to. Start verse 19. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. Literally, do not treasure up treasures for yourself on this earth. Now, now, let, let me clarify this before we even jump even deeper in this. What Jesus is not saying is, hey, don't be responsible and don't have a savings account. Don't prepare for the, the future. Because there's other scriptures that actually say to do that. All right? So it, it, we, we've got to find deal with the tension there. But what he is saying is don't be consumed by it. Don't, don't allow that to be all about you. What you're all about, all right, is stuff and your empire, and your money, and, and the things that we can acquire in this life. Don't be consumed by those things. Why? He goes on, because it is temporary. Everything in this world, on this earth, is temporary. Everything is destined for the scrap heap. Moths and rust destroy, thieves break in and steal. Jaden, my son, got a Jeep, and uh, we are in the process of doing some restoration work, and so uh, yesterday we're doing a whole frame swap on it and everything. Yesterday we're pulling the body off, and it seemed like the more we took apart, the more rust we found. It's like, Really? Come on. I mean, the thing is rusting apart. We knew it was bad. We got a good deal on the thing. Good deal. Anyway, uh, rust, man, it's everywhere. Where moths and rust destroy. It, it's 
Everything is destined for the scrap heap. I don't know if you've ever gone to the scrap yard before. It's kind of a fun thing. <laughs> I've gotten, taken several loads over to, to you know, clean things out. and Our refrigerator died earlier or later uh, in part of last year. And, and I found out they would actually pay me for my refrigerator. And so I loaded up, took it over there, and here comes the big claw. You know, picks up my refrigerator off the trailer, go throws it on. And you know what? There was actually a moment I got a little sentimental. I mean, we'd had that refrigerator for 23 years. My mom gave it to us at, for, for a wedding present. And I just took it and just crushed it. Everything, everything is destined for the scrap heap. Everything in this world, on this earth, is temporary. Proverbs chapter 23, verse 4 and 5 says this. Do not toil to acquire wealth. Be discerning enough to desist or resist that idea, just being wrapped up in, in that. When your eyes light on it, when you get that treasure, woohoo, it's gone. For suddenly it sprouts wings and flies like an eagle toward heaven. You ever experienced that? <laughs> you got it. I got it. I've been waiting on it. It's here. It's gone. It go, either it goes away or, or sometimes it's our desire for it goes away. It's like, I got it. Okay, what's next? Right. You ever seen your kids do that? You give them that gift, they've been wanting so bad, and they love it for about mm, two days. <laughs> and they're ready for something else. It's gone. We all, we all struggle with that. That's the American way. We can look at, uh, as one preacher said, the debt of America indicates the greed of our society. And if you look at the current numbers right now, I'm not a big statistics guy, but here's what NerdWallet says, okay? It says this, debt is a way of life for Americans with overall U.S. household debt increasing by 11% in the past decade. Today, the average household with credit card debt has balances totaling, here, get this, $16,748. That's the average credit card debt for a family today in America. 16 grand. And the average household with, a, with any kind of debt owes $134,643. That that's more, includes mortgages also. Matt Chandler, another preacher, says this. When you're spending money you don't have on things you don't need, your treasure's here. Isn't that what so much of our debt is? Spending money we don't have on things we really don't need. Maybe our treasure's here. Jesus says, don't store up your treasure here on earth, on the things of this earth. Don't be consumed by the things of this earth. But instead, he goes on and says, store up your treasure in heaven. Look at verse 20. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. Invest in the treasures of heaven, that which lasts forever. And what is the only thing that lasts forever? What is the only thing that goes from this world, this globe we're on, into the next life? People. Right? I mean, that's the only thing that, that we can invest in now, we can do now, that's actually going to, to make it to the next life and the next world, right? It's investing in people. The Bible talks a lot about rewards. As a matter of fact, Jesus just got through talking about rewards in and, and, and a number of places through the Sermon on the Mount. There's going to be rewards in heaven, but the greatest reward that we can have is investing in the lives of people that are going to get them there. 
What does that look like? Jesus over in Luke chapter 12 talks a little bit about this when he talks about the giving to the poor. He says this, fear not, little flock. I like that. Fear not, little flock. Words of Jesus. For it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Here's what this kingdom living looks like right here. Sell your possessions and give to the needy. Provide yourselves with, and here's what happened, all right? Sell things, give away, meet the needs of people, okay? And then here's the outcome. You're providing yourselves with money bags that do not grow old, all right? With a treasure in the heavens that does not fail, where no thief approaches, no moth destroys. When we meet the needs of others, we're storing up treasure in heaven. All right? Uh, that's why we strive to be a church that's reaching knees. Love 918. We want to be out. We want to be, we, we want to be reaching people. We want to be loving on people. We want to be meeting the needs of people. Because Jesus says that's one of the things we're supposed to be about in this different kind of life, in this different kind of kingdom. We're storing up treasure in heaven. We're helping people not only with their earthly needs, but helping them see that there's a God that loves them. And maybe they'll come to know him. Another way, not only just giving to the needs of people, but also giving to God's kingdom work. There's a number of occasions where, where Paul's talking to the church and he commends them for their generosity. Over in Philippians chapter 4, verse 17, matter of fact, he's talking to the Philippian church who was very gracious in the way that they, they provided and, and for his ministry and for the advancement of the gospel. And he says this, uh, you know, I commend you, you're doing awesome. And then he says, not that I'm looking for a gift. I'm not looking for more. I'm not saying this because I want more money you know, for, for me or, or this ministry. But I'm looking for what may be credited to your account. You see, it seems that every one of us have this heavenly account where as we give and as we serve, see, it's more than just finances, it's as we give of ourselves, we use our gifts for God's kingdom, for His purpose, for, His, for, for reaching this world, we're, we're being credited in, in our account. In heaven. Question, are you making any deposits in your account in heaven? So store up for yourselves treasure in heaven. Have you, have you noticed how we can always find the time and the money for the things that we want to do? I mean, hey, we're going to the lake, we're buying this, we're going here, we're doing this, and... But then when it comes to God, well, you, you know, um, we, just, we can't go to church every Sunday. I mean, we got busy lives, you know. I can't be in a life group. I can't go to that class. We just don't have that much time on the week. I mean, it's the weekend. I mean, we got, that's my only time. We're going to spend time with the family. You know, we've got a great excuse. Or I can't serve in that ministry because it may take too much of my time. I mean, most of our ministries are once a month for about an hour. I can't give now because we just don't have the money right now to give. I mean, I wish we could. Man, if we could hit that lotto, you know, if we could get that $10 million, man, I'd be giving it all, you know. Mm -hmm. Sometimes God only gets our leftovers. 
because we are consumed with so many other things. You see, really what it comes down to is it's a heart issue. That's where Jesus goes to next. It's not a money issue. It's a heart issue. Look at verse 21, Matthew 6. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is a lamp of the body, so if your eye is healthy, the whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? Hear, hear that first verse. You've, met, you've heard that first verse, 21. For <clears throat> where your treasure is there, your heart will be also the heart is the seat of the affection. And I believe that he put him in this order on purpose because our heart follows our treasure instead of our treasure following our heart so often. You, we can so easily deceive ourselves about what is really important to us, right? When it says there, if your heart is healthy, the word healthy literally means single. If your heart, if, if uh, your eye is healthy, uh, the, the word healthy is single, all right? Single. If your eye is single, what? what? Single? What do you mean? It means focused. If you're focused, singularly focused. Specifically, if you're focused on the things of God and what God desires, then you're healthy. And that means the light of God is in. And that if the light of God's coming in through that healthy eye because you're focused on Him, then your life will illuminate. But if your eye is not healthy, if you're focused on the wrong things, then you're filled with darkness. Where's your heart? What are you focused on? What your heart, what your heart consumed with, or your treasure, and then once you realize that, once you come to that idea, the question, next question is this: Okay, now, now, who's your master? Because what your treasure is is probably going to identify who your master is. Look at verse twenty-four. No one can serve two masters, for either he'll hate the one and love the other, or he'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Now, someone would read that and go, well, why didn't it say, shouldn't it say God and Satan? Because isn't Satan the antithesis of God? No, 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 no. Jesus is trying to make a point here. We get wrapped up in money. We get wrapped up into the things of this world. He says you can't serve them both. One preacher said this, God, either God helps you master your money or God becomes a way for you to make more money. And some preachers actually preach that. Hey, give and you get, give and you get, give, 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 get, get, get. You know, no, that's not what the Bible says. But yet that's some of the ways, one of the ways that people approach God. Listen, it's not about the money. It's about the heart. That's where Jesus is taking this. And so he moves on to the next thing about, he, he goes from where to invest, from invest in the heavenly things, go okay, get your heart set on things of God and, and get invested there. And then the next part is this, how do you invest? How do you invest? Look at verse 25. Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Or, is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Hey, don't worry about the things of this life, he says. And then he goes into this uh, uh, whole story about, you know, hey, look at the birds, look at the lilies, look at the grass, look, look at these other things, these, these things, these creations that they're even more temporary than you are. I mean, they're just here and the boom, they're gone. I mean, but yet God cares about them. He, he meets their needs. 
And if he does that for them, don't you think he'll do it for you? Look at verse 31. Therefore, do not be anxious. Don't worry, okay? Saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. He says, that's the way the unbelievers, the people of this kingdom, you're of a different kingdom. People in this kingdom, they search after all those things. They get consumed in all these things. But you don't. Not my followers. Not those who are kingdom-minded. Our pursuit is after the things of God. Look at verse 33. But seek first, not second, not third, not when you get around to it, but seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things, all these things that you're, these needs that you get so consumed by, all these things will be added to you. You see, our highest priority is to be the kingdom, God's kingdom. Not only His kingdom, but the life that He desires. Seek first His, the, the kingdom of God and His righteousness, His ways, what He desires for us. Those are the things that we pursue. Because when we follow those things... There is a great return on investment. And so we can invest with confidence. That's how we invest. Some of you know this. Many of you probably do. When you invest in something, someone, whatever, there's always some, a little bit of an angst in that. I mean, you've, you've, you have money, you have some wealth, you have your retirement, whatever, and, and you have people telling you, this is where you need to put it, and, and so you have people making promises, hey, this is what the return's going to be on this one, or this will be what the return is over here, and so you're writing the check, you're clicking the button to transfer the funds, and it's, there's always this little kind of a, you know, is, is it really going to come through? Can I really trust this person? Is the return going to be what was forecasted for this investment? When we invest in the things of God, we can invest with confidence. Because we know the return is there. Look at verse 34, wrap up. Therefore, therefore, when, when, when we're seeking the kingdom, when, when we're seeking it first, and, and we're making that the priority, and that's what we're consumed in. We're consumed with you, God. It's all about you, God, and I, I want to live for you, God. When I do that, therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. He says, hey, there's going to be trouble. <laughs> Just get ready. It's going to happen. There's going to be troubles. Don't worry about it. Because your God will meet your needs. Just keep your heart on Him. And really what it comes down to is a change of perspective. From the temporary to the eternal. You see, we get so wrapped up and consumed with this temporary life, this little bitty temporary life that's so short. Yet there's an entire eternity in front of us. He says, don't get so wrapped up into this world that you lose sight of the joy 
that lays ahead of you. We get so worried about the possibility of something going wrong tomorrow and we miss out on the hope and the joy of an eternity ahead of us. It says, don't be anxious about this world. What causes you to become dissatisfied? What causes you to lose your contentment as Paul challenged Timothy? You know, we can, we can get really content with our, our homes. It's like, you know what? I love my house. It's great. And then you go to the St. Jude Dream Home. It's a great home, a great cause, but you go like through, oh, we need this kitchen. Oh, we need this bathroom. Oh, we need, and it's like, whoa, yesterday you were fine with our house. What? You're happy with your car until you see a better one drive by. <laughs> Why? What causes you to lose your contentment? See, chances are many of us in this room, we struggle with contentment. I do. I mean, I sit on my back porch and I look at my house and go, oh, man, I could add on this, I could do that, I could do this, you know. It's not that that's bad, but if that's what we get consumed in, it's like that's what I'm working toward and this is going to make my life awesome. Maybe we need to do some reevaluation. Are we wrapped up consumed with this life and the pleasures of this life and the things in this life that we miss out on what God has done, what God is doing, and what God has in store for us. What are you consumed with? What are you all about? Jesus also over in Mark chapter 8, verse 36, he says this, For what does a profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul. Where's your heart? Is your pursuit to build your kingdom here? You know, one of the most beautiful things um, as a minister is to get to see people who, whose lives, they, when, they, when they light up and they discover what God's wanting to do, and they, and they have acquired or they have gifts, they, may, maybe they, they have financial uh, gifting, or, or maybe they're just, they're, they have the uh, gifting, gift set of giving and doing and, and helping, serving, and, and when that lights up and it moves from, from being consumed in this world, and then it's like, oh, I'm going to do this for God. And they begin to, to serve. They begin to be used for ministry. They begin to, to change lives. They begin to give generously. They begin to inspire others. They, and and it, they, they light up because now God is beginning to use what was once so consumed in this world as now oh, they see their eternal significance and their eternal purpose. It's so much bigger. It's so much grander than what they had been consumed in. Does your faith to take that next step to let go of this world and to be consumed with God. You might just find that you'll worry a little bit less. Worry a little bit less about the things of this world. Worry a little bit less about your finances, your things, your, even your family and your health because you know what? I'm focused on Him. And if today is my last... I'm going to be with him. What I'm all about is what I worry about.
Where's your treasure? Father in heaven, help us to open our eyes and our hearts to see honestly where our treasure is. God, if, if we are holding on to the things of this life with a white knuckle fist and holding on with all of our might to the things of this world, help us to recognize that and help us to let it go. And help us to hold on to you. Help us to be consumed by you. Help us, God, to hold on to the reality of eternity with you. God, thank you for Jesus that even makes that hope possible. It's in his name we pray. Amen.